This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Live from the Accessible Media Studios, this is Kelly and Ramya. Entertainment, lifestyle, and great conversation. It's AMI's on-air community, and everyone's invited. Settling in for another week of fun on the program. Welcome to Kelly and Ramya. I'm Kelly. I'm Ramya. We're settling in and hope you will too. We're uh, here live every day from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. Check us out uh, live or repeat of the program on AMI-audio and AMI-tv at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And then uh, throughout the night, you can find us on either service as well. And, of course, you can always uh, send us a, a message out on Twitter at Kelly and Ramya. Well, Ramya, let's start. Mm-hmm. How was the weekend? Weekend was great. I took part in the Achilles 5K walk slash run. That was yesterday morning. Um, We were representing the Ontario Blind Sports Association. There was a few of us out there on the team, and it was absolutely jam-packed, Kels. Started at the Steam Whistle Brewery downtown right outside Rogers Centre, and uh, it was packed. Like, just so many attendees, so much spirit, and there was still snow on the ground, ice on the ground. It was kind of chilly, but uh, a ton of people came out. Speaking of chili, uh, do they still do yeah, the when you do. finish? Do you still get filled up with chili? You get a beer, you get a chili. Some of us, that was literally our motivation to go there with the time change and all of that in consideration. Yeah, yeah. When <laughs> I was working on the TV side, we'd be there a lot. We'd get a lot of great interviews, and they'd offer up lots of chili. You want chili, yeah. Kelly? And we know I gave a thumbs down. No. no thanks, but really wonderful to be here. Um, but it's true. This is a an event that's done in Toronto uh, right around St. Patrick's yes. Day. It's that 5K walk and what a great timing because you know the Sunday, you, you get too close some weekends and have it on the St. Patrick's Day weekend where it gets a little bit busy yep. and there's so much else going on. But it's always really busy and Fedora's off the steam whistle for being a part of that. Mm-hmm. Huge turnout always every year and and uh, we've had in past years not so great weather, like rain and mm. muck all over the place. So in comparison, this year was actually quite amazing for weather. AMI used to put a team in. We used to always oh, yeah. go up there. And it uh, used to be one of the things that we were, were very involved with for a while. And uh, wonderful, wonderful event. So many people getting involved. And congratulations, Achilles, Toronto, those folks that putting it on and their involvement with it. Or uh, the Achilles, um, what is it now? National, I think it's called. So forgive me, guys. Off the top of my head, I'm not getting it. Or if it's international. Let's take a look at what we've got ahead on our program today. On our sports update, that guy, Brock Richardson, he's going to be with us. And you know he's going to lead with something to do with curling. Today he wants to talk about a curling format that he wouldn't mind seeing carried over into conventional sports when it comes to the playoffs. If you're looking into attending Lake Joseph this year at the CNIB, uh, registration is open for this year's summer Advo Camp. So Devin Wilkins is going to tell us more about that. And the federal government announced a bill to establish a permanent commission to investigate wrongful convictions. Danielle McLaughlin, you know, is all over this. We'll get into that conversation in hour two right here on Kelly and Ramya. Well... You also know that I'm a big baseball fan. The World Baseball Classic is on. Spring training is going on. But I have to say, a world record has been set by a group of die-hard baseball fans. 192 men went blind to support their team in the World Baseball Classic. Puerto Rico Friday broke the Guinness World Record for the most hair dyed. The Classic is played every four years but was interrupted by COVID. The team's players first dyed their hair blonde ahead of the 2017 contest as a joke. It unleashed a dying craze in Puerto Rico. Friday, a group photo of blonde, platinum, dirty blonde mops with some blonde beards and burnt orange, too. Chuck Sievertson, ABC News. So... Can you picture all that? And Ramya, would you do something like that as part of anything you were a part of? Would you change your hair that much? I mean, uh, throughout this clip, I was wondering if I would. But by the end of it, it sounded like there was a spectrum. Like you could go real blonde or not so blonde and you could decide you know, where, what hair you want dyed. So, yeah, I could do some blonde, maybe streaks. A suitable. 
a well, suitable blonde for yourself. Yes, right? but because the question is, what would you do it for? It for sports? I don't think so. For what? What would you do it for? Maybe like, maybe a concert thing, you know? Yeah, like some ah, kind of mass yeah, attendance yeah, yes. uh, right. fan thing, right? Okay. Just All not right. sports. Well, would that's... you? I don't have enough hair to worry about it. Blonde so no fedora, maybe? Um, Blonde wig? I don't know. That would be an interesting thing to, wow. Blonde wig. I've worn red for TV. Oh. Uh, the HBO TV series The Last of Us has not only made many Albertans proud to recognize their province on screen, but the wildly popular show is also expected to bring more filming opportunities. Alberta is no stranger to the film industry, with movies The Revenant, Interstellar, and Brokeback Mountain also shot in the province. But with The Last of Us achieving paramount success, Travel Alberta says it's anticipating more filmmakers will want to use the province's diverse landscape for shooting. Travel Alberta Vice President Tanis Gaffney says it's also hoping for an increase in tourism. The agency's website now has a map and itinerary of all the spots for each episode. Rob Westgate, the Canadian Press. You know how important the tourism is. I know so many people spoke of it over the last week with the big curling event going on right here in London. Uh, it's tremendous, right? So I know that's done well. I've also heard as I worked on the TV side, Ramya, that so many people uh, also thought, hey, we're going to give money to different parts of Canada for people to do filming. And I think that right. it's been a positive, and you love to hear it. So Alberta, we know, exciting place and a lot of different things you could do there. So uh, really anxious and love any time you hear about any places. And we get this conversation with Greg uh, where we're hearing about parts of Canada getting that exposure. So Awesome. Good for them. Coming up next on the program, Ira has released a new app for Android. What can you expect when using it? Michael Babcock, he's here in a few moments, and he'll fill us in on Talking Tech. Don't miss a minute. Kelly and Ramya will be right back. If you have a question or comment for Kelly and Ramya, call the feedback line at 1-866-509-4545 and give us permission to use your message on the air. Or email your thoughts to Kelly and Ramya at AMI.ca. Catch the Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time on AMI-audio. This week... Goita speaks to the Canada Revenue Agency's Gertrude Poita about the disability tax credit that's available to uh, Canadians with a disability. That's a pol The Pulse this Thursday at 1.30 p.m. Eastern, 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time on AMI-audio, also available as a podcast. Use your favorite platform for that. And on YouTube. Helen McDonald here. We're arriving back for the start of our Monday edition with Ramya Muthan. And let's... And let's start as we do every Monday with our Tech Talk, Michael Babcock. App news, device reviews, security advice, and more. It's time to talk tech with me, Michael Babcock. Get your dose of ever-changing technology knowledge right here on Kelly and Rumia. Michael, a couple updates we want to get into today. Uh, Ira's in the mix of all that and WhatsApp, but we're starting with RIM. Some exciting news was shared last week. What was it? Uh, and what is RIM? Or are we calling it RIM? RIM. Yeah, okay. RIM. RIM. All right. RIM is an acronym because, you know, there's always acronyms out there. You can't go anywhere without finding those. That stands for Remote Incident Manager. And so uh, we talked about RIM a couple of months ago. And what the big thing that RIM brought to the table that kind of competes with a blind user using something like TeamViewer is if you remote into someone's computer with TeamViewer and that other person doesn't have a screen reader on the computer, it's going to be a difficult process. With RIM, you do uh, not have to have a screen reader installed on the computer. So it was great because you could use it for Windows to Windows. And if someone was employed in an IT position, they'd be able to remote into the computers that they're supporting. And the person on the other end wouldn't even have to know that they were sight impaired or having difficulties with with uh, using the computer without a screen reader. Uh, 
Wow. They promised wow. to bring Mac. And uh, so that is so, one of the super exciting things. Um, but before we get to that, uh, the super convenient thing about RIM is the interface looks the same no matter where you use it. And as I said, it doesn't matter if the remote party has a screen reader installed. What a way to you know, open it wide, especially for those working in those IT departments. So they made an announcement. What was it, sir? Yeah, kind of, kind of jumped ahead. They didn't make an announcement, so uh, they promised back uh, when they were releasing Windows that they would have a version of RIM for the Mac, and that would be available in the spring. Last week, I got a notice of a beta, and I did verify that I can mention that this is available. I'm not going to talk about any of the features or capabilities of it because things are changing fairly rapidly with the experience but i will tell you friend of the show demasi and i of course we had to play with this a little bit so uh <laughs> we now have availability to remote access uh mac computers windows computers from a mac or a mac computer from windows so if you're a windows user and you're like i just want that one software on the mac mm. or vice versa you now have the capability of well you will soon have the capability of doing that this beta is only available for it experts uh at this time but when they do roll it out it'll be available on all the paid plans that rem provides which includes a monthly subscription option a daily pass or an allotment of hours that you can purchase for use uh, which is uh, good flexibility it does sound like good flexibility and choices what's got you excited about this what's what's got me excited is the mac capability um but but morally once once this comes out and it's available to use i could go in and set up my little brother's computers and if they ever need help they don't have to worry about you know coming down and and bringing the computer down and reading everything on the screen because i can just remote into it and help with that in addition the other thing is is sometimes i just need some real quick assistance and it's going to take longer to call ira than the assistant that I need and if I could just grab someone for like five minutes or less than five minutes like mm. you know 10 seconds what is this what is this error message I can also now use one of the boys and they can remote it into the computer and I can know what they're doing because what what they're doing will be reflected based on my screen reader mm. right I just love that um ability like that last point but the other idea is just that there's such awareness that People want that privacy, want that ability to be able to do the job, do the work without asking someone else, could you check out this screen? Or, hey, come here, sit down with me and read me what's on the screen. But also that there are so many people working, Michael, in IT who need this just to just to do their job and efficiently and no no holdups or any any snags. So I think that's just tremendous. How much is it? Um, so it the pricing ranges uh, they so rims have been around for quite a while and their primary target was the enterprise customer so their pricing has come down for consumers and they have a plan that starts at ten dollars us a month uh, they have another plan at a hundred dollars but for me what I would probably do be because I'm not in the role where I need this on a regular basis if I was still working for the radio station in the past uh, this would have been revolutionary because then I could have handled all the remote or if engineering needed someone to reboot the computer, I would have been able to do that uh, remotely. Whereas with our setup that we had, that wasn't possible. Um, but for my use, I will just buy the hours and you can buy a block of like five or 10 hours and then those don't expire and you just use those as you need them. Hmm. Uh, and, they, and they do offer 30 minutes a day uh, for free if you just need to do something quickly or experiment with it. Oh, okay. That's really interesting as well. Um, all right, Michael, you mentioned the Mac. Can we continue on that angle for a little bit and talk about quitting all apps at once? How do we do this quickly? Yeah, so it's funny. Demasi accidentally discovered this. And then <laughs> I, I read about it moments. in an article. Yeah, and, and then I'm like, wait, this looks like what Demasi was. Just, oh, that, that really makes you wonder about technology and who's listening to what we're talking about. Right. But if you press Command Tab, we all know that this kind of works like Windows users might think Alt Tab does. It'll switch you between applications. If you continue tapping Command Tab, it'll switch you between all of the existing running applications. But if you slide your finger a little bit to the right, instead of 
of pressing tab, press the Q button while you're still holding command, then you'll quit the app as it comes into focus. So the workflow that I have is the command tab. If it says something like a mail, I'll slide my finger over and hit command Q uh, without having to lift the command key. And then this will move you into the next uh, application in line. So if you need to quit multiple applications, you just command Q all of those applications and it quits it for you quickly. Are you releasing tab when you press command Q or are you still holding down? Uh, I am releasing tab. So my finger just kind of slides over to the Q key and okay. that releases the tab and hits the Q. Very nice. Yeah. I mean, efficient, proficient Mac users are always using command tab anyway. So this is great. Yep. Quick add on. Yep. Uh, let's talk about Ira. Uh, we were teasing this earlier. Ira has released a new app for Android. Could you tell the listeners what they can expect? So Ira is trying to make a same experience for you no matter what device you're on. I imagine that helps lower the support needs as well because people aren't going to have to look up, oh, I don't use Android every day. What does this look like? Um, and this is something they hinted at last year and that is now coming into fruition. And this is the new Ira Android app. If you open the Ira app on Android, you will be presented with a easy to access call an agent button and this is visually and of course with voiceover uh, uh, tactically a large button that you can just use to quickly open the app and make the phone call that you need to make um, to the IRA agent and then there's also the other option so you can view your account usage uh, you can get information about your profile and explore the offers that are currently available IRAcast does a great job Janine went in in the February issue of it and gives you a an audible tutorial of the new application. So if you're interested in taking a look at that, you can go give that a listen. Is it also coming to the iPhone? It is. And the there are a couple of things that they're working on. The code base is going to be the same for iPhone and Android, which means for people who may not know that if there's an update to the iPhone or there's an update to the Android, that update should be reflected to both platforms in a very timely manner. So uh, that's super exciting. So how else can I access Ira? Ira has a tool that we've talked about since I feel like this time last year, maybe sooner, maybe it was even longer than that, called the Desktop App. And the Desktop App is actually a web page that you go to, explore.ira.io, and you sign in. And when you sign in, you are able to call an Ira agent. Well, this Desktop App is the basis of what their Android app and their iPhone app are going to look like. So when you do get the iPhone app and the Android app, you'll you'll you should feel at home if you are a desktop app user. One thing to note with the Ira desktop is app is the agents can see you. You don't need a camera working. Mine wasn't earlier. Um, if you just want to call in, you can send a message with a link for the agents to look at and you can share your screen, but they cannot control your screen within the Ira app. You'll need to use one of the other solutions for that. Mm -hmm. All right. Thanks for um, all that information, and we'll keep posted as the updates come in. And speaking of apps, WhatsApp has a new beta out. So what are your thoughts on that? I'm really liking it. It is one of my more favorite Catalyst apps. Catalyst is a technology that Apple released for app developers so that they can bring their apps to the iPhone and the Mac. It's really easy to navigate. You can send voice messages with it, play pause, uh, cancel those voice messages, use VOJ to jump between the uh, list of people you're conversing with and the conversation messages that you're having. And of course, I have to mention it because last Thursday, Stephen aired a audio demo I recorded showing you how to get started with the WhatsApp beta app. Fantastic. Really good. Okay, people, keep that in mind. Go back and check out their podcast. Microsoft's Ability uh, Summit happened last Wednesday, Michael. What have you learned from this event? I feel like this event has been more slimmed down than past events. Uh, we did get a couple of things out of it, and it was on last Wednesday. They are looking to replace the Microsoft 365, which that's your office that it's been called forever, but now it's just Microsoft 365. They're replacing the accessibility checker with a new accessibility um uh, accessibility wizard that's going to go through and check your document and say, hey, if if 
you know, you're trying to draw attention to this, you may want to make this change. So a sight impaired individual using access technology will know that there's this attribute change or, Hey, you, it looks like you're trying to emphasize this. Maybe you should turn this into a heading so you can help a, a blind person navigate it. And that seems to be built into the Microsoft 365 tool. It is coming uh, very soon. And then there's also automatic LinkedIn post um, image image uh, descriptions, which I thought LinkedIn already had, but apparently it did not. And so if there is an image shared on LinkedIn, it'll be automatically described to blind users and uh, uh, individuals using screen readers. And AI was uh, discussed quite widely. Imagine that at the event as well. <laughs> One last thing to quickly get to, uh, CSUN 2023 conference is kicking off this week. How can people find resources to follow any of the announcements and things that they're interested in if they're not attending? Yeah, so if you're not attending, um, send me an email, feedback at unmute.show, and you can uh, I can forward you an email along that has uh, some publicly available links that will allow you to listen to some of the segments. And then, of course, you can always follow on your favorite social media platform. Just do a search for hashtag CSUN23, and uh, you should get information about what's being announced and what others are sharing. Excellent. Looking forward to the next couple of weeks and digesting all the CSUN stuff. Thanks, Michael. No problem. Have a great show. Thank you. Discussed WhatsApp and uh, Mac and Windows and Ira for both of those platforms, as well as uh, all kinds of other things with Michael Babcock on our weekly tech segment. The rim thing is really impressive. Mm -hmm. I, I just can't get past how wonderful, especially somebody out there doing IT work. And we know so many people that are, that have that opportunity. And you always worry, I just need enough work to do and I could do more. And now you got that window where it doesn't matter if the person whose machine you're working on it has accessibility in the same capacity of what you're used to. I, I just love it. Well, we'll pause for just a moment on the program. And coming up next on our sports update, Brock Richardson tells us about a playoff, curling playoff format that he wouldn't mind seeing carried over into conventional sports. We'll get his opinions after this. Stick around and learn something new. Kelly and Ramya return with more in a moment. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful Monday as you settle back with us and uh, beginning your week. Oh, this is that week where all the schools, everybody's getting some time off. Oh, yeah. Spring break, having some fun, maybe going southward. I know being my baseball fan self, there's a lot of that conversation of uh, how many Canadian license plates are being seen now in Florida. <laughs> Lots of reports of that. And I think, Ramya, as we keep hearing, everywhere is just so busy because people are feeling a little more comfortable in traveling and striking out. So uh, great for those people who maybe feel, you know what, this is a semblance of normalcy for them. Very true. And not just going down south to Florida, Kels. I feel people are venturing out cruises and uh, hitting um, the Caribbean islands and all kinds of stuff going on this week, especially for moms and dads. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's a, it's a good thing. Even locally, you know, you always hear about all the fun things they have for the kids and sugar bushes up here for people wanting to go and buy their, their bottle of syrup or do, a, oh, do yeah. a big pancake thing at some of the sugar bushes. So there's a lot of that great stuff. So have fun. Be safe. Enjoy yourself, folks. And, of course, uh, right off the top, I had to mention baseball, but I guess it's okay in this segment, Rum, because let's bring on the man to talk a little bit more than that even, the world of sports with Brock Richardson. I'm Brock Richardson, and I love sports. As a former pro athlete, I bring you the sports angle beyond the headlines, plus parasport news and analysis. No one mentions corn syrup, Brock. We don't talk about that anymore. Only the maple. Welcome back, sir. Yeah, only maple. Uh, you got to go with maple, and it, and it's got to be the uh, like in the in the grocery stores. The, the the real stuff. I'm not a big fan of the real maple. I would prefer. Table yeah. syrup? No, you'd rather oh, yes. the knockoff table, oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then here I don't we go. Know a lot Kelly's going to talk yeah. about corn syrup, and we go back to the <laughs> beginning with this convo. Well, at least we're, at least we're divided here. You know, Ramya has to be the authentic maple Absolutely. syrup. Rock, table, Kelly, corn, but I would never go and buy corn now. I know it's, like, so sweet, and so I just would never Pass have it around. Pass out from I, the sugar, man. 
Yeah, yeah, you get in trouble, but boy, growing up, it was wonderful when I, ignorance was bliss, Brock. Uh-huh. Hey, man, what's your leadoff item today? Romeo, can I just say that I have to give you kudos right off the top, because I know you haven't done this since you've been on television, but I just did something where I put food in my mouth just before the break, and I was like, <laughs> uh, uh-oh, this is not good. I had no. to, like, swallow it before I choked on it. So Two-minute break you, uh... felt way longer in audio <laughs> than it does on TV. Just saying. Uh, Richardson, are you uh, you new here? I know, right? <laughs> like it's just it's uh, much, rookie right? move, rookie move. The guy who's been doing hits on now with Dave <clears throat> since September. Come on, I was know, a food cough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Don't make them nervous. <laughs> now that's like eating eating a lemon in front of an actor. You know, they start getting dry through it. You start mentioning. Uh, All right, Richardson, what's your leadoff here? I want to make sure we get time for everything. All right, here we go. A leadoff item for today. I have a couple for you. Number one is I want to tell you guys about a really unique experience that I in the neutral zone are going to be doing. I'm going down to Toronto tomorrow at the committee summit where I'm going to be collecting uh, 14 interviews that will be heard primarily on the neutral zone platform. And then throughout the summer, it'll be heard on some other platforms, but really, really looking forward to that opportunity and getting a chance to be in the same room as uh, 14 Paralympians and hopefuls. It's going to be some really good stuff. So look forward for that uh, in the coming weeks as we put it all together. But I just wanted to throw that out there today just so that you guys know that there's more content coming. As, That's uh, nice. Yeah. So 14 interviews. You, you've got that plan, how you're doing it, everything like that. I'm assuming people kind of check in with you and away you go. Yes, it's it's nice. going to be like a revolving door uh, <laughs> tomorrow. So look forward for that as time goes on. Second leadoff item for you is to tell you that the uh, wheelchair curling and Briar has wrapped up. Let's start with the wheelchair curling. In the four-person team, we see a silver medal. Uh, in the mixed doubles, we see a bronze medal. The mixed doubles was the first time we had seen this regime, and uh, they got the bronze medal, so that's very Good for them. So two medals coming home from wheelchair curling in the championships. As for the Briar, uh, Brad Bushu wins yet again from Newfoundland Labrador. He's won his uh, fifth uh, Briar, which is really amazing. What's even more amazing, guys, is it's the fifth Briar he's won in seven years. Mm. So congratulations to Brad and his rink. Lovely. Well, your thoughts on the winning team of the Briar and how they're going to fare at the World Championships? I think a lot of people thought because they decided this year, uh, Brad Gushu's team to take some time off because they had already qualified for the Briar uh, from winning last year's event, as you automatically do. I think a lot of people thought they'd be a little bit rusty. And I would say that for the first half of their, um, their time, and it took them a while to get going. But man, when they got rolling, they got rolling at a good time. And and they really put it all together. And they are not afraid to make the tough shots. They make them. Not only are they not afraid to do them, but they're not afraid to make them either. So they're set up really well. As an athlete, you want to peak at the right time. And I think they've peaked towards the end of the Briar and hopefully into the World Championships, which will be in Ottawa in a couple of weeks. Brian, uh, with the Briar being here in London, we got a lot of conversation. And uh, Brad Gushu was saying... 15 years ago, the nerves he would have had doing this stuff, but it allowed him to be able to stay within the moments. And I think that that is so wonderful when you have that and you can see what effect that has. Uh, also, a lot of people in London had a lot of fun, a lot of attendance. Businesses were really picking up and really, really did it well. I hear the Briar Patch was very interesting. I, I don't know, Brock, when you've attended this event before, uh, did you check out any Briar Patch? The, the, the outside of the arena social gathering? place we heard rumors about the briar patch that uh there was a party place and a uh, friend of the show Catherine batcher and i were not game for being part of the big party and uh so we heard about it and we saw it but we never partaked because oh, they... there were some colorful rumors if you want to put it that way Okay, well, here it wasn't that because it was mm-hmm. a place where families mm-hmm. went. And there was a lot of games people could p- to partake in that were a fun tabletop game. So, yeah, in London, it certainly didn't have that. I'd never heard that, I, you know, but it sounded like a really cool event. You wanted to talk a little bit about something you thought was really cool, Brock. Uh, something part of the playoff 
hurling events, something they do, and something you'd like to see carried into conventional sports? So, yes, the there was two pools. So the number one team in each pool got an automatic buy into the page playoff seeding format. So I'm going to do my best to explain this. So in this case, it was uh, Brad Gushu and Matt Dunstone, who happened to meet in the final, who got the, the, the direct buys. And this meant that they got to play two games that were not do or die. So when they advanced through the first round where they didn't have to play the knockout stage then they played for the seeding position so when they finished number one they got to play for seeding so if they both won their first seeding game they would go on to the one versus two game and then if you win the one versus two game then you go directly to the final as brad gushu did if you lose it you fall into the semifinal where you still get another opportunity to win your game and pr- progress to the final. I love this format. I think it speaks to the fact that if you're you're a team and you do well and you get that number one seed, you kind of get that moment to kind of let there be a blip in the road. You know, you're not such in do or die situations. And mm, right. I, th- I think about this in the NHL perspective. Like I look at the Boston Bruins who are in the number one seed. And I think, you know, they could theoretically be knocked out in the first round. And I'm not saying they should get a bye in the first round necessarily, but there should be something beyond just home field for Hmm. sports teams. Because, I mean, they got, you know, over 100 points this year. And to think that they could possibly be bounced out in the first round, because I don't care what anybody says, a wildcard team is going to come in there with no pressure and give it all you got. And so is it fair to see a 100-point-plus team uh, lose in the first round? I don't know if that's true. All right. Well, we'll see how uh, it fares, and maybe this kind of thing can be discussed to be made bigger. But, Brocky, we want to move on to Major League Baseball. The season's coming close, but as we look at the Toronto Blue Jays roster there's a player that you're not necessarily confident in, even though he's had a really good start to spring training. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi is the guy that I am not all that confident in. I think a lot of people want to say that he's he's doing better. He's he's doing things. The pitch clock is helping him. For me, that's all well and good that you can say that. I just need to see it in the regular season. And I know for you, Kelly, you have similar feelings on Jose Barrios and not so much on Yusei Kikuchi. Um, I, I'm always concerned about Kikuchi. I haven't got to where I say just leave him in the bullpen. Um, I really am shocked at what he's come out and what he's doing. Does that translate to the season? Well, you know what? Grapefruit action is 100% different. Um, Barrios, however, because to me, he came to the teams and started the struggle. Um, and that's what I know of him. And I know everybody will say, well, the blip last year was a blip. Well, the end of the season before was a tough time. So that's where Brock that, yeah, I have my biggest concerns. I look at what's happening in spring training and say people are playing. They're playing hard enough, but primarily that's the younger guys. That's the guys still in the minors. The others know what they need to do to get ready, and they're not turning up the amperage yet. So uh, when that happens... That's when, like you say, with you know, Kikuchi, you want to see it in April, the proof in the pudding. I got to see that April on with, with Brios. We need it if this team is even going to come close to being the, you know, fulfilling the expectations. Yeah, the only thing I would add, and I, and I don't know how you would quantify this necessarily, so I'm going to put this out there fully knowing that it's hard to quantify, but representing your country as Jose Barrios is able to do in the World Baseball Classic can help. For some reason, putting on your colors of your team, of your of your nation, where you're from, that does help uh, with your confidence for some reason. I don't know why, I, but some athletes really thrive in the, you know, I'm putting on my country colors, I'm putting on the country pride, all of those things. And I, th- and I hope that this is what we see from Jose Barrios, but I, I'm... I'm really, really not sure what we'll see. He's he's banked a lot of money, and now it's sort of time to put your money where your mouth is. Well, and we see that with people like Freddie Freeman, who really are proud to be playing in honor of his mother for Team Canada. Excellent. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. But also a lot of people have been ready for this interruption in spring training. So some will say they're ahead of the game. 
Brock, you want to tell us why you're disappointed in the Calgary Flames this season? Why am I disappointed in the Calgary Flames? Well, that's because they have a goaltender in Jacob Markstrom that we expect big things from Jacob Markstrom. Uh, Brad Treliving was told in the, in the uh, summer that he, quote-unquote, won the offseason with all of his moves that he made. And this hasn't been proven to be in fruition. This is why GMs, people like me, when I come on programs like this, they say, yeah, winning the offseason means nada. And this is true. And I think Calgary is really going to not make the playoffs this year, which is seriously unfortunate because they do have a good team and they will have a good team moving forward. It's just they expected big things now and not tomorrow. Give us a nod to the neutral zone. What's coming up this week? Uh, Ness Murby and his wife, Eva Feya, will be joining us to discuss um, their show on television, Ness Murby Transcending on AMI-tv, which is going to be a really good conversation. And we've we've got some really good questions for the two of them. So stay tuned for that interview as we're going to spend a bulk of time with them uh, this week. Fantastic. We know that'll be a great conversation and they'll have a lot to share. Brock, people can check out The Neutral Zone at 11 a.m. in the morning on AMI-audio. You can find it available using your favorite podcast platform if you're not able to, to pick up the uh, the episode live, well, I say live, airing on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. or on YouTube as a video podcast. Thank you, sir. Enjoy. Good luck tomorrow. Thank you very much. Brock Richardson, this guy hits us with the latest sports on Mondays on our show. And as mentioned, check him and the gang out on the neutral zone as they get together and talk sports all the time. It's wonderful. Up next, hashtag I Got This returns next Monday on AMI-tv. We're going to tee up the uh, new season with Jennifer Jellico after this break. She's the senior uh, creative producer for the program at Honeycut Studios. We'll get into that conversation next. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. So, for the roundtable last Thursday, Jim Crisco was supposed to be joining us, but... He, he, we had technical issues. We mm-hmm. couldn't get him on board. So I asked Jimmy, hey, will you come on next Thursday? Of course, he had to decline because, well, Mr. Popular, Mr. Needed Elsewhere. Well, he's involved in this taping that's going on Friday. Right. Oh, oh, folks, in case you haven't heard, let's, let's tell you a little bit about it. Because if you live in the Calgary area, you only have mere moments, really, to get yourself involved in being a part of a studio audience. AMI's original series, By Hook or By Cook, is filming two episodes Friday. Crisco will be hanging out there. You could maybe shake his hand or tell him what you'd like to have us do here at AMI and make all your suggestions, but I digress. Um, You know, you are invited to participate in this event, and the day itself, if you do want to be around and be a part of it, uh, it includes your picture taken, walking the red carpet, refreshments, a meet and greet with uh, Bruce Cook and other cast members, a gift Package valued at $75. Dave Brown, he'll be there also. So there's another bonus to go and get involved in this. He'll be hosting the event. So there'll be a pile of fun associated with that. For more information and to see if there's any spots left, email folks, info at ami.ca. Crisco Oil will be hanging out there. And I know he looks forward to any chance to scoot from Edmonton and be in the land of the Calgary Flames. We have always so much fun bugging Jim about that stuff. Uh, anyway, um, you know, it's it's always a really great time when you get a chance to be a part of any of the programs. And, and I, I absolutely love the idea that folks are going to be able to sit there in the studio audience. We were speaking to Brock about his experience doing that stuff before. Um, but I think when it comes to ha- having access and really run, we find audiences like this as we've done with some of the events we've been a part of at AMI, are just full of questions. Yes, of course. We've had all our remotes that, I'm thinking specifically of the opening of the CNIB hubs, right? And um, yes. going into those spaces and getting people out, community members out. And where have we been? Like Ottawa, Sudbury. Ottawa, Sudbury. Yeah. 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 Out to Vancouver, Vancouver for Pep Celebrates. Mm-hmm. And mm. uh, community members joining us is always a lot of fun. But then I also think of more recently when we went to 
the uh, JCC, right, the Miles Nadell Jewish Community yep. Center, and had a viewing of an AMI TV show. And that was really fun, too, because you were kind of audience members along with everybody else. And it wasn't really like a hosted event by us, you know, personalities at AMI, but it was um, still a bit of a meet and greet, a mix and mingle. And it was very, very fun. It was a lot to be able to do this stuff. Has support, of course, the uh, other casts of the AMI shows, and I think also look around and to see how rich we are with fantastic programming ideas and and talent. Now we've had the opportunity too to be online and talk to people and invite people to join us for some of the events that we we've done also, and they have been a lot of fun. Some of the marketing initiatives, and I've really thought it's impressive. Um, I know myself as someone who's always been interested in broadcasting, when I get a chance to ask questions, especially of the stuff that is a little more geared to what, you know, what, what I'm, you know, what I'm interested in or my circumstance, I think, Rum, it's really wonderful to be able to, to be a part of stuff like that. So, uh, I, you know, I, I, I say hats off. If you get a chance, folks, please do get on that. We, we know that it was pretty full. I think there were still some spots last time I talked to Greg David about it. So please uh, take your opportunity to be involved. Folks, let's tell you a little bit about something that is not a, a nice story. This is not, but figure we better share it with you. The last kill, captive killer whale in, here in Canada has died. The Ontario government says the Marine Land theme park in Niagara Falls has reported that Kiska died yesterday. A spokesman for the Solicitor General says animal welfare services officers were on site as Marineland performed a necropsy on the orca. Kiska is believed to have been 47 years old. She was captured in Icelandic waters in 1979, along with another whale named Keiko, who became famous in the movie Free Willy. Emily Joveski, The Canadian Press, Toronto absolutely love a little tip like that. I did not know about the Free Willy connection. And then you stop, and we know the age of whales. Like, uh, like it's incredible. But when you think of in captivity, 30 years plus... That's that's pretty amazing, just in the captivity part, Rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like bittersweet or other ways to kind of think of it similar ways, which is you're not really sure how to feel about not just the death of, but the captivity of these um, mm-hmm. creatures, right? And whether or not this is uh, going in the right direction moving forward or have we lost, you know, a big part of uh, the environment by losing... This this one, Chris. Well, you know. And when you hear that, and our guest is with us, so we'll we'll jump there in just a moment. I just want to say, you know, you read something like that. When I hear captivity, and and we know so many things have changed, especially with things like circuses and where animals are kept. We know there are some zoos and places that really teach us a lot of things, and there's that positive for having them. But we we never ever stop and say, you know what, you know, we know animals should be running in the wild and free just like ourselves. So anyway, uh, we can get into that conversation a- another time, Rum. Yeah, let's squeeze in this promotion because we're really excited about this. Um, there's an AMI TV show called Hashtag I Got This, and you meet everyday people who have discovered ways to cope with physical activities or mental health challenges and move forward with their lives. We talked about it with Greg David a couple weeks ago. And now we welcome Jennifer Jellico, senior creative producer at Honeycut Studios, to hear more about the upcoming new season, season four of Hashtag I Got This. Jennifer, thanks for coming on the show. We don't hear you, Jennifer. Of a muting problem there we might be mm-hmm. just sorting that out here all right oh, we no. may or may not get to it but we did talk about the show a couple of weeks mm. ago with uh great years yeah four years and people who um are incredible you know their stories their situations their resilience and that's what this show is really encapsulating uh overall and i think we have jennifer back on hey I don't know what's wrong with my audio, you guys, but I'm very happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we have you now, so thank you for joining us. And just to kick things off real quick, Jennifer, tell us more about this general idea of the show, Hashtag I Got This. Well, the show, a lot of people 
will see uh, somebody that maybe has a physical disability, they can see the physical challenges. It's winter in Saskatchewan, and you're trying to, you know, get a wheelchair through the snow or walk through the snow with your white cane, and it can be tough. But a lot of people don't see how your mental health can be impacted by some of the challenges that you face. Mm. And that's something that we started talking with people, and they said, you know, no one ever talks about that. Like, it's, it's mentally hard, too, sometimes. So we thought, well, that's something that we could share because if you're feeling that way, there's probably a lot of other people out there who are feeling the same. So we, we started, you know, we pitched that idea and we started meeting people all over Western Canada talking about this. But we don't just focus on what's tough. We start talking about, well, what are the things you do that make you feel better, that lift you up, that, that have you, you know, living the best life you can live? And so those, that's the information that we want to share with other people. It's, it's, it's really an uplifting happy show once you you know get through what some of the challenges are yeah. and and find out what they do what they do for fun and boy people do some really cool fun activities we've found out yeah for sure and you know it's interesting because you start thinking about jennifer when you conceive a show where are you going to go to where now four years later for you guys where it is now so can you talk a little bit about the coming together or really was were those the conversations preparing for season one and how does that arrive where we are now? Those conversations have, did it change the direction or did a lot of that conversation and those cool things you're talking about, were we seeing a lot of that at the beginning? You know what? We were seeing a lot of the cool stuff right off the hop. And we didn't, you know, we didn't know. It was, it was new to us, um, you know, going into this. We didn't know what people were going to say. We didn't know what they'd be comfortable talking about. And they were comfortable talking about everything. They, they, they thought... If this was hard for me, I know this was hard for someone else. And if it will help them, I'll talk about it. And uh, there are some, you know, very emotional conversations because people were thinking back to times that were their toughest moments that they probably hadn't thought about in a very long time. And to share it with us, you know, I'm holding back the tears. They, they are letting out the tears. And at the end of it all, everyone feels so much better. And everyone has said, so glad I talked about that. All I hope is that it helps somebody else because it took me some time to figure it out myself. And that sort of stayed the same through. And then learning, you know, the more we talk to people, the more we get to understand just how different and unique everybody's story is and just, you know, how, how great their, their life is and how, you know, how, how much that talking about it benefited them and how they hope it benefited someone else. And, and it's just been, we have met so many great people across this country. It's, it's been unbelievable. Tell us, tell us who you've met. Who are we going to meet in season four of Hashtag I Got This? Oh, season four is a good one. It's a good one, you guys. Okay, so we have a couple of, you know, because the world has changed. So we actually have an episode where we are talking about the after effects of long COVID. Mm. And that is, you know, that is becoming um, something that is becoming a physical disability for people. It is something that's not going away. Uh, it's still being studied, which we talk about, but we're talking with two young men who are both from Saskatchewan uh, with extreme cases of long COVID, and they talk about the impacts on their life, and they talk about, um, you know, what's changed, what's different, and how they're, you know, still living their best life and, and figuring things out as they go. And their stories are pretty amazing, and there's a, an interesting twist because these two were in the hospital together at the same time, didn't know each other, but they'd heard of each other, and then they got in touch afterwards. And then we show them meeting again for the first time. Oh, oh wow. It's so good. Oh, that is great. Yeah. And then another one, we talk about we talk about lady issues. So we talk a bit about um, pelvic pain and pelvic health and how that's something that a lot of women and men don't talk about still. You know, it's uncomfortable. We, we don't want to talk about that. It's weird. But it's not. And, and it's talking about how that needs to be something that women know, that women understand as girls, you know, moving into adulthood and what some of the challenges and issues of that can be in recognizing it. And these two women are so great. One owns a salon. Um, you know, the other one is a teacher. And, and it just talks about their stories, which are, they're just all such inspiring stories. And they're not, oh, these aren't man. people that are, you know, Olympic athletes that are, mm. you know, changing no, the no. world. Like, they're, they're everyday people like you and I. And, and just talking about their everyday life, which is, I, I love hearing about that because that's what I know. That's what I can right. connect to. Well, exactly. You relate to it for sure. Jennifer, how do you guys cast the show? Well, it's now become a lot of word of mouth, to be honest with you. Nice. Um, you know, at first, 
Yeah, it is. People hear about it. People are, oh, you have to talk to this person. You have to talk to this person. And it just, it spreads. And we've had some people, you know, contact us and say, you know, I heard about this show. And do you think that I would be a good fit? And, and not everybody is. But mo- honestly, most people we've talked to, they, they're just, they're so good. They're such good speakers. It's so authentic because they're talking about themselves. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of, the, you know, I'm born and raised in Saskatchewan and our production company is based here. Even though we have people from Western Canada in the show, uh, we have a lot from Saskatchewan. And I mean, it's hard to not, like a lot of the people have been someone I either know personally or, you know, is in my circle of family or circle of friends. Somebody knows them in some way. And sometimes that makes it like... It just makes me really want to tell their story right. You know, I want yes. them to really say what they, what they, you know, their thoughts, their, their emotions. I want them to come through. And sometimes it's hard for someone else to hear um, if they say things that might be triggering, but it's, it's their reality and it's their truth. So we have to let them say how they feel mm-hmm. and, you know, how, how they've changed. I appreciate that authenticity, and I think anybody watching will uh, absolutely feel that in the presence of the people and the stories that they're sharing. Jennifer, is such a short convo, but we got so much out of it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, and I do believe it airs here coming up next week, so we're excited. Yep, we are too. Thank you so much, and all the best. You too. Nice to meet you. Jennifer Jellico is the senior creative producer at Honeycut Studios, and we're talking about hashtag I got this. It's returning Monday, March 20th, so check it out at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-tv. You can also stream the past three seasons on AMI.ca or on the AMI app. Full of relatable stories. Coming up next hour on our program, registration is open for this year's summer Advo camp at Lake Joe. Devin Wilkins will tell us more in her guide dog report. And the federal government announced a bill to establish a permanent commission to investigate wrongful uh, convictions. Danielle McLaughlin will discuss this on Know Your Rights. Up next, though, there's a one-hour seg- uh, seminar to bring healing and intention to your gardens. Southern Ontario community reporter Annette Dennis is here with the details to begin hour number two on Kelly and Ramya. Keep it here for more of Kelly and Ramya on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.